Discipline and consistency separate the good from the great. Welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now here's your host, three-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified executive coach, Deborah Kozowski. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Millionaire Woman Show, where we talk about leadership, life, and business. And I bring you phenomenal guests who share their life stories, inspiration, some motivation to get you to go after what it is that you want in your life. And today, my guest is Bobby Bluford. He's a former collegiate football player from University of California at Davis, where he majored in economics. He later earned an MBA from Santa Clara University, then spent a decade in corporate finance as a chief financial officer for small companies in Silicon Valley. And in 2013, Coach Bobby left his desk and office to pursue his passion for helping people be healthier and more confident. Since 2013, he has trained thousands of people through his boot camps, sports training, and online workouts. Coach Bobby now travels as a motivational speaker, inspiring people to chase the greatness that is their God-given right. And uh, please welcome Coach Bobby to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much, Deborah. I appreciate that. I was wondering who you, who you were talking about for a minute there. Uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad it was me. <laughs> Well, thank you for joining us, Anna. Just so everybody knows, actually, Coach Bobby and I met at, and didn't even realize that we were in the same course together when he reached out to me on Instagram. I said, yeah, you were sitting in this corner of the room, and we just didn't have the chance to connect. We were at Bo Eason's event, our, our mentor of ours, and right. uh, so I'm so grateful that you reached out and that we can actually connect and share your message with the world. I am too, Deborah. Thank you very much. So let's start off, that sign behind you. Tell us a little bit about what BTY stands for. Yeah, so BTY, Deborah, I started saying BTY maybe about uh, five, six, seven years ago uh, when, I was, when I was coaching some teams I was working with. Um, and BTY stands for better than yesterday, right? And it's a mantra I use, it's a, it's a standard I live by. And the idea is that many of us get caught up in, a, in these goals that become almost illusory, like cloud in the clouds and, and high level goals. And we get lost and we get um, uh, anxious and we get paralyzed by the gravity of how big these goals are. And so what I teach people is that we, all we have to do every single day is go to bed a little bit better than we woke up. So we break our, our huddles I, in my boot camps. I, I talk to my, on my YouTube channel. And, and the idea is that I want, I want to sink into our souls, our spirits, this idea that I want to, I want to go to bed BTY. I want to live BTY in, in every area of my life. And I tell my kids, I tell my teams, my students, when I do talks. And that's not just fitness, right? People say, well, okay, I'm going to walk instead of taking the stairs. I mean, no, everywhere. So I want to go to bed BTY as a parent. I'm going to go to bed BTY as a coach. I want to go to bed BTY as a husband. So this idea, every day you want to do something, read a book, do, do an audio tape, something that takes you further away from where you were and closer 
to what you can and should be in this life. Thank you. Um, this morning, I was actually going for a walk and I was listening to Gary V's podcast. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about, and it wasn't BTY, but he was talking about if you're not taking a certain amount of actions every day, you're not going to let anybody know what you're doing. There needs to be a certain amount of actions, certain amount of platforms. So when you're thinking about BTY in your life, whether it be the sector of parenting, coaching, working with others in a business, wherever that is, I love how you give us tangible items that we can read a book. What, what right. are three things that you tell your players or people that you train with? What would three things be that they could actually skyrocket them, just give them that extra boost that they need for the following week and weeks to come? What would be three things that you would tell them would be the top of your list? That's a great question. So I, I call, so everyone has goals. We know what a goal is. And everyone says, you should have goals. I believe in goals, I believe, but I call them visions or dreams or, or ideologies. What I call goals is what I call controller goals. And so if you want to lose 30 pounds, that's so far away. And that's your goal, that's your vision, that's your dream, but you break it down into controller goals. Like what can you do today? What can you do this week that brings you closer? And so for example, when I was, when I, was, when I first had the idea, I wanted to, to get an MBA. Right. And this is a kid who, you know, had a 3.3 GPA in high school, didn't love, didn't love school, but loved football. So I knew I had to, had to go to school and do well, do well enough in school to go to college. Uh, but all of a sudden, when I, when I finished school and I started my, my first company, uh, we were trying to get funding. I said, you know, I want, I want, I want to get an MBA. I want, to, I want to be somebody that can present to angel investors uh, and be confident, uh, not just not just, uh, still there, sorry, not just some guy who just finished playing football. So I, I literally, literally carried books everywhere I went. This is before Kindle, before, you know, you can have books on your phone. And I had, I, I had the, the controller goal of reading a chapter every day of some book on leadership, on, on finance, on spreadsheets, on something. Uh, so you want to have you you want to break down these this this gra this this gravity of a goal into small pieces. For fitness, it might be I want to do a hundred push-ups this week, right? And the way you slice it is important because oftentimes you might say I want to do ten a day or twenty-five, whatever twenty-five a day. Well, if you miss a day, you know your subconscious tells you you failed. So if the slice is is small enough to control it. Right, but big enough to where you can allow yourself some flexibility and mistakes, then you can succeed more easily. Right. So again, for example, if your idea is okay, I want to I want to walk ten miles a week, instead of saying I want to walk two miles a day and missing one day, ten miles a week gives you some flexibility. So that's number one. Number two is I really try to make sure we separate the process from the end result. Right. And so I tell my teams, I tell people that I train that that whatever your dream is, your vision, your goal, it's a relationship that you must commit to. Right. I call it marrying your dream as opposed to dating it. 
right? And when you do that, there's the, the love you have for losing weight and being fit, the love you have for getting an MBA, the love you have for building a speaking career is separate from the end result. Now, you know in your heart and you hope that the process will lead to speaking on stages, Coach Bobby, to losing 30 pounds, to getting an MBA, to being a starting point guard, but they're separate, right? And you are committed to the relationship you have with that dream or that vision. So one, you break it down into, into small pieces. Number two, you separate those two things, right? And, and I'm married to the, to the process, knowing that it would eventually pay off, but not, but not connecting it and being conditionally um, set uh, you know, tied, right? I'm going to, I'm going to love the process whether I lose 10 pounds this week or not. I love the process, whether I speak perfectly on this podcast or not, I'm going to continue loving the process. Right. And then the last piece of that is you have to reward yourself. And I have a hard time with that, Deborah. You know, I, you know, I am hard on myself. I've always been that way, but these dreams, these visions are so big, right. That we have to find ways Without, without sabotaging our dream, like you don't want to lose 10 pounds and then go have cake, right? But you want to have some ways to reward yourself for adhering to the process and the joy uh, that comes with knowing you did the work and, 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 and developed what I call grind equity, right? And you're earning the stripes that are necessary to be where you want to be, but reward yourself, have some, have some joy. So I would say those, those three things, are, are some of the things I talk about, you know, minimize, shorten, slice up the goals into control, controllable pieces, control the goals, uh, separate those two, the process versus the rewards or the, or the end goal, and then make sure along the journey you find ways to enjoy the process, right, while you chase this, this, this greatness destiny. So you talked about in number two, you talked about commitment. And I know that effort cannot be taught. It has to come from within. So how do you approach someone that you need to help raise their level of commitment? Yeah, so, you know, part of, part of um, being kind of nerdy growing up, you know, and trying to understand things from different perspectives. I'm your fellow um, nerd, Bobby. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, and I love it. Well, you know, it's funny because I talk to kids about about branding themselves, about being who you are, being authentic, um, and about developing this this callus toward, you know, the the natural inertia that is in our society now about being average, right? I, I talk about how. You know, if you're the kid who wants to learn in school, they call you a teacher's pet. If you're, the, if you're the kid on the team who stays late or finishes all the sprints first, they call you a coach's pet. When you go to work, you know, God forbid you come in early and leave late and turn your stuff on time. Now you're kissing the boss's butt. So there's this, there's this uh, negativity around greatness. And if you're not careful, you'll let it pull you back to average. And so I tell kids we have to make sure that we've developed this callus early in life to guard against that, right? It, it's, and it starts early. If you, don't, if you don't fight it early, it's gonna overwhelm you as you get in your 20s and 30s. Um, but as far as being disciplined and dedicated, the key is you have to make, make whatever you want in life a must, yeah. right? And I tell stories about how our ancestors 
you know, from a fitness standpoint, our ancestors had no choice but to be fit. Right? You had to be fit to survive. You had to walk down to the stream to get your water. You had to carry, carry your baby everywhere. You had to build your own house. You had to, when you relocated, you had to walk with your tribe or your village hundreds of miles. So you could not be lazy and survive. So you had to do it. And for many of us, we've lost that, that natural uh, need to have our dream. And so if, if you don't really, really want to be a millionaire, you won't be a millionaire, right? If you don't see it as a need, like for some reason, it has to be a need. If you don't, if you don't really need or see a need to be fit, then you won't be fit, right? You might, you might find some temporary reason because uh, you have, a, you have a, a reunion coming up or a cruise or a vacation, but it's fleeting. So I always say people who are rich or people who are thin or people who become CEOs, they're a little bit crazy because they've created some fictitious need to be this thing it might be getting back at somebody from middle school it might be you got divorced it might be you just you know grew up with a with a body image issue now you so but there's some internal need that you've created so i say the first step when i do this five steps of greatness and the first two steps are you have to want it and believe it and in those two steps are inherent psychological uh, not warfare, but psychological battles you have to fight. And you have to sit down and spend more time figuring out how do I make myself want to be 30 pounds lighter, right? And, mo and many of us, we, we, we avoid those internal talks with us, right? You might, like, like I'm a perfect example. You might want to be a, a great public speaker, Bobby, but if you keep avoiding situations where you feel like you have to address certain things you're not well at, you will never get better at it, mm -hmm. right? If you, if you want to be 30 pounds lighter, but you keep hanging out with people who tell you you look fine and you keep covering up stuff, you'll never feel this need to lose it. And, and you'll keep having, and occasionally you might feel, you know, a little bit of a desire, but there won't be a need. So steps one and two in my five steps are, are all around mentality, are all around uh, psychology. And, and I tell people, spend time figuring that out, right? Write, journal, uh, listen to audio books, follow people online. It's, it's easier now than ever to find somebody to mentor you, even if it's just virtually. Like you're watching videos of somebody who, who is doing what you want to do, somebody who overcame uh, things that you're currently facing. But find some way to create this need to have what you what what your conscious wants, what your subconscious excuse me your subconscious keeps fighting against, and spend time dealing with that. I'll give you the X's and O's. I'll give you the recipes, the diets. You can read books on 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 making money, but that's the first two steps. And I tell people, you know, we can start the journey with the X's and O's and the blueprint, but spend time on that stuff. Mental makeup, you know, uh, a mindset, and, and figure out how to make yourself, and if you don't want it really, that's fine too. But at least you'll know and you'll move on to something else you really do want. And you won't spend all this time and frustration, you know, getting caught up and chasing things you really at your core don't want or need. There's a big between mediocrity and really yeah. keeping that drive and that hunger within you to go after yeah. what it is you want. Right. 
Right. And things that, that so what happens normally is people, like we don't dream about average. We don't, no one does. Like you don't grow up dreaming of being the backup quarterback. <laughs> you don't grow up dreaming of being the assistant to the CEO. Or you don't grow up dreaming of being the second female astronaut. Right. We all so so it's in our DNA, like as Bo says, it's in our DNA to want to be the best, to want to be great. And as we as we move along, you know, that desire, that 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 want to be great gets diminished and chipped away at our, our world, at our parents, at our siblings, at our friends, at our colleagues, our teachers. And before you know it, you're just trying to grasp to whatever you can hold on to that keeps you kind of okay. Not you know, we don't feel like crap all the time. And then occasionally we remember what we can be in life, right? We remember that we, that we did want to be in the NFL, that we did want to be uh, a top-ranked salesperson in the world. We did want to be a public speaker. We did want to be whatever it is. And this dream is so big that you have to have a desire to want it, like a real desire, like in one of our our mastermind programs, I told you that I call I call that the underlying contract. Mm-hmm. That you have to sign the underlying contract of that dream, because you know what it takes. You know what it takes not having hamburgers and fries with your friends who don't care about being thin. You know what it takes flying around a country like you do to learn and to grow about speaking, about building a community, about building whatever it is. You know what it takes. And if you are in your subconscious or conscious don't want to do that, then you really don't want that. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and so, and that's okay because most of the world's like that. But to be like us who want to be great and want to chase what's rightfully ours. You have to accept that contract and move forward. And every day it gets rewritten because it's hard as hell. You know that. It's hard. So you wake up, man, do I still want this? Yeah, I still want it. You know, next day, do I wake up? What? Yeah, I still want it. So and is that right. how you overcome resistance? That's how I do it. I do it, I do it by, 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 creating, by creating these, these needs, right, by making it a need. Like, so for sports, it was easy. But I grew up, when I was eight years old, I wanted to be in the NFL. I mean, I woke up, I could taste it, I could see it. And I wanted my mom, I wanted to buy her a house. That was my dream. And then, so I talked about it as if it was already reality at age eight. And I got my mom and my dad and my siblings and my friends from an early age to to co-sign on my contract. And so once they began talking about, I would go to the store in high school, oh, you Jackie's son, oh, you're going to the NFL, you know? And so, so they bought into it. So you create that. When I work out, to this day, I still do an, a, a weekend boot camp that I join, right? I joined that workout shirtless on purpose because I never want to let myself go. I could easily just cover up, but, that's, but because I do that, I have a need to, to make sure that week is fulfilled the right way, yeah. right? I've told people I'm going to be a speaker. Now I got to do it. Exactly. <laughs> right. So I'm so 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 I create these 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 real needs, right? This real pressure in my life around the things that I want to do. And when you do that, it's scary, of course, but it it ups the ante, right? It makes you push your your chips to the table and say. I know it's scary. I know I'm risking some stuff, 
you know, the, the least of which is not humility, right? And being, and being, and feeling like, you know, you, you want to hide behind a curtain, but the more you do that in your life, the easier it gets. It never gets easy, but it gets easier. And when you see, again, it's in our DNA to be great. And so if you, if the more you do that, the more you have success, the more you attract people like you, like Bo, to help you, to push you, to motivate you, to pull you, the better you get at whatever you're chasing. And then you just wake up the next day and you re-ante up and do it again. And that's what I do in all my, in every area of my life. I did it in football. I did it in, when I was in finance. I did it in my fitness career. And I'm doing it now. I wake up and I almost didn't even reach out to you. I was, I was like, man, but you know what? Why not? And then I was like, well, if she, if she says no, she says no. Hey, I kind of hope she says no, you know, because it's scary. But the more you do that, the more you say, I'm, I'm in. If I lose, I'm in. But I'm not going to run from this anymore. And most of us don't do that. We run and we hide, even if it's only for a week at a time. And what I find most fascinating is that I know exactly where you were sitting. I watched <laughs> you respond to questions. And when you reached out and said, were you at that event? And I was like, yeah, and I know exactly who you are. <laughs> yeah. and, that, and that was amazing. I was like, man, my first, my first inclination was, what did I do that was bad that made her remember me so good? But it was, it was a good feeling to know that I was in a room of yes. great people. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I mean, you know, I told Bo, it was, it was, I think I said it in one of my, in one of my later uh, events, it was a feeling like, you know, there's that story about the, about the, the tiger who gets, you know, who, who thinks he's a sheep and gets reminded that he's a tiger. Yes. And it was, that's how I felt kind of, because, you know, part of me was like, man, do I belong here? You know, she does that, he does this. And, you know, several people came up to me, you know, either at the break or afterwards and liked something about me. And it was just reassuring that, you know, I, we all have greatness in us. You know, and I teach it and I, and I preach it, but I have my insecurities, you know, you know, there's things that I, that I gravitate to, that I lean on like my physicality. I lean on that. And so to have people say anything about me in terms of my presence and my speaking, you know, it's reminded me that we all have greatness. I'm a tiger. That's what I do. That was my animal that, that yeah. I did. And it was mine too. Um, I chose a that white was yours too? Yeah. I, I, I chose the old fashioned Bengal tiger, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Um, so, you know, I just, I just wake up every day and I really try to figure out ways to create, I don't call it pressure. I just call it a reminder of what I should be, you know, and, and, and it's not average and it's not here, right? None of us are where we should be. None of us are. And it, it kind of bugs me that people accept that you know and it's reassuring to, to, to meet people like you who even people who are doing great things who still aren't where they should be and they know it and just for our listeners and our viewers to explain to you why we talking about tigers it's about how you're going to show up on stage how you're going to show up in life your presence that you bring 10 percent of this animal out um, in everything that you do and it's part of what we learned from Bo Eason and the personal story power. So if you get an opportunity, you should check in with Bo Eason on his website. 
and learn yes. a little bit more. Because I will tell you, I actually ran into Bo recently in, in an event in Calgary, and I said, I'm showing up as my white tiger. And he looks at me and goes, I can really tell. I could tell. I could tell. Exactly. And, and it's all about really having that presence because when we talk about predators in the wild, as he mentions, they don't trip on their way to greatness, mm -mm. right? If they're going out for their kill, they're on a mission. You've never seen them trip and not get there. So when you start seeing yourself in the form of this animal that you admire or aspire to carry some of the qualities that they're known for, that you can show up for what your greatness is in the same way. Right. And I love how you talk about, you know, I think people think that they need to fit in with everyone. And I think yeah. it's time for us to break the norm and say, no, you need to stand out. You need to show up fully and express yourself and be the essence of truly who you are. Right, right. And, and, and so uh, for the listeners, uh, Bo has a, a, I guess you would call it a body language coach, Jean-Louis Rodri, mm -hmm. who, who, who works with actors on, on body movement. And one thing that either he or Bo said, I'm not sure who said it, but it resonated with me because it's so true that we are the only animal that lives below what our DNA is meant to live below. And, and what he said was a tiger only knows how to be a tiger. That's it. He doesn't apologize for hunting down the, the, the deer. He doesn't apologize for how he roars. You know, the zebra's the same way. The giraffe's the same way. They only know how to be the maximum of what they are. And they walk around the world like that. We, on the other hand, our species is the only species that is allowed and able through our own will to live below our greatness. Right? I mean, so... so all we're trying to do, all Deborah's trying to do in, in, with her podcast, all I'm trying to do when I speak is remind you, the, you, the, the listeners, the viewers, that you, all you have to do in this world is live up to what you already are and don't apologize for it, right? If, if, if you're a woman, you have greatness inside of you, I promise you. If you're a teenager and the world's telling you you're this or that, you have greatness inside of you. Right? If you're in your 40s and you think, you're, you know, it's too, it ain't too late. Like you have greatness inside of you. All you have to do is begin to surround yourself with other tigers or other eagles, whatever your animal is, and let them remind you that you ain't average. Like this is, this is, this is a, a tiger's den. We hunt. And, and, and look at this, the mirror. This is you. You're a tiger. Right? And, and until people around you remind you of what you are, then you forget. Right, you in a zoo somewhere, you domesticated, and you're around other lions who have, have been there for a while, and they sitting there, and they forgot who they are. So you forgot who you are. Well, let somebody open that gate up for you one day and let you roam. You're going to remember, and it's our job. Hopefully, there'll be more of us living to our potential and helping other people be okay with living to their potential. And that's the goal. That's my goal from this point forward in my life is to help people understand that if Bobby who stuttered, right, if Bobby who grew up uh, feeling different, if Bobby, Coach Bobby, who grew up and has changed his path several times to finally get to where I should have been from the get-go, if I can do it, everybody who listens to this podcast can be great. Not average, and that's great. 
sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I, I can okay. ramble, I'll tell you. <laughs> I, I took you off on a little bit of a tangent. Oh, no, no, it's okay. <laughs> Do you want to share with us um, the keys three, four, and five, what those are? Yeah, so, so very quickly, so the five step to greatness. So I realized about three years ago, I'm writing a book. I got to finish mine so I can be like you on a bestseller list. But step one is you have to want that goal, that dream, right? At your core, you have to wake up, breathe it, smell it, and you live it from moment one. So when I, when I decided I wanted to be a CFO for starters, I wore a suit and tie in my cubicle. I carried a briefcase that my, that my dad bought me, even though nobody in my company carried a briefcase, right? So you want it, you begin at that moment to, to, to be it. That's number one. Number two, you have to believe you can do it. So I, about five years ago, I wanted to be a public speaker. My subconscious told me over and over again, I call him Ralph. I call this guy who talks to me in my head, my subconscious, Ralph. So Ralph kept telling me, but you stuttered. But you did this, you used to drop classes in college that had a speaking component. How are you going to be a speaker when you're afraid to speak, right? So even though I wanted it, the belief wasn't there, right? And so people all the time, like they want to lose 30 pounds, but because they've lost or, or, or failed on 30 diets before that, the first sign of defeat, they remember, oh yeah, I can't do this. I'm big bone. My family has this history. So their belief system creates blockage to, to moving forward. So one is you have to want it. Two is you have to believe it. And that part, the, two, the, the belief part is as easy as ever these days. I mean, go online, find somebody. You can find somebody and do two or three clicks that has, has done what you want to do. No matter what your barrier is, somebody has had an equal or greater barrier. So, but that takes work. Right, that takes you sitting down, finding people to listen to, finding positive messages, meditating, doing things to make sure your belief system is strong. Because that internal take that we have is long. The older you are, right? The older you are, the more the, the history of your life has created this audio tape in your head that runs. And so, if you don't start creating new messages, belief messages to over override that, you have no chance. So that's one, two, number, huh? You have to change the story if you're going to you change You have to change the story. You have to. And people want to jump ahead to three, four, five. Three is, three is just go, right? Three is just get in the car, the metaphorical car, and just go. I tell the story about, you know, you and I, I always say Canada, ironically. I say we're going to Canada to a party, and I just go. I go on Highway 1 or Highway 5, Highway 101 North, and I wait for the direction to the house later. I know it's north. Meanwhile, my buddy, he's waiting for all the perfect information. He's waiting for the, you know, the address, the time, the street, the city. I'm like, man, I know it's north. I'm going to start. So we get caught up in the details. Send me a diet, Coach Bobby. Send me a workout. You know what you can do today. Don't play dumb. Do a push-up. Put that donut down. Right? Commit to having less carbs every day except something. Right? Start doing something today. Start reading a book. You want to be a rapper? Right, you should probably start reading, because rappers know a lot of words. Right, I, I, I need to get a producer, and you don't need a producer. Start reading books and writing lyrics. Do that today. You don't need nobody to help you with that. So, number three, just start going. Just start driving towards your goal today. Number four is don't be an idiot. Learn as you go. 
right? I want you to get started. I want you to start going. That's step three, get going. But number four is be open as you go to directions. When that phone calls and says, look, you need to go to this street, this house, pick it up. When you start doing speaking and, and Bo calls you to come down to do you know, an event on, on personal story, go to the event. When there's somebody in your circle who can give you advice on something, listen to them. When you see a book, in fact, go find books, go find audio, begin to learn and treat your dream and vision like a professional. Like Bo says, go pro. Like treat it seriously. Start, start engaging in activities that are pursuant to your goal and your vision as if you were studying to be the best at it. And most people, they don't do that. Right? They don't treat it seriously. You have a finite number of hours in a week. Right? And they say, I have no time, but yet they're all caught up on housewives. They're all caught up on, on, on football games. And they've done no reading and no talking and no, no meditating, nothing. Right? So learn as you go. Right? And then the last step, it goes back to my controller goals, is create structure around your life so that you can have um, consistent and persistent action towards your goal. So if it's read a book, every month if it's i want to i want to walk 25 miles a month if it's i want to make sure that i'm i'm speaking to somebody a podcast a live a facebook live something every week to make sure i'm getting over this fear of speaking whatever it is create some some strategies and some some scheduling of consistent and persistent action and what that does is like a, it's like a spoke in a wheel it pushes everything back to the top and now you're like whoo okay now I really, now I really want to do this. I see a little muscle in my arm. I lost five pounds. Now I really want to do it. Now I really believe it. Now I really want to go. Now I really want to learn about carbs and about about you know high intensity training, whatever it is. And that cycle just repeats itself. Before you know it, you're down the road. You're down the road, and now you really feel like, okay, I got this. But you got to start, right? But once, you know, I do. I have a little. I see your band. I would want, believe, go, learn, and persist. And, if you, and, and that's with any dream you have. I did it with football. I did it with finance. I did it with my fitness career. I do it as a father. I do it as a husband. I do it with my own body. I'll be 47 in two weeks. It's everything. Everything you do. Five steps to greatness. So how do you deal with the distractions in life? Yeah. Uh, that's a great question. And they're, and they're everywhere. They're everywhere. And so that's a great, so what I do, and this is in terms of, this goes back to what I was saying about building a callus toward your environment. Mm -hmm. And, and usually in most cases, the distractions are either obligation, obligatory, right? Your kids, your husband, your work, and they're social. Those are the two buckets of distractions all right the ob obligatory is that the right word <laughs> the obligation bucket right you just have to create your structure first put your mask on first right so my kids know what my workout days are don't call me unless something's going on serious that i need to worry about right my wife knows when i'm reading or, or doing a live facebook facebook live she knows that's my time so i have some structure that 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 I created. What happens is people, they pretend that these distractions 
are in the way of what they want to accomplish. But what it really is is an excuse that they want. Like it feels better to, 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 for me to say, I can't get caught up on this online course on real estate because my kids are in dance. That feels better to your subconscious than saying, I just chose to put my kid in dance and to take them, even though the two or three parents offered to help because that gives me an excuse not to go home and study this course, right? And so we create these, we're more than happy to accept these distractions sometimes. So the first step is to figure out what your schedule has to be to, to achieve your goals and vision. And then, and there will be some conflict, I get that, but it's a lot less often than people admit, right? And if there is conflict, they can, they can rearrange at least part of that scheduling to fit their goals. So maybe Tuesday nights, you can't do your 8 p.m. reading for an hour. Maybe that night, it has to be at 10. But the key is you have to create, when, when you have control of that, as, as the person in charge of the obligation, you have to make sure your mask, like on the plane, your mask is on first, right? And then the social part of it is all muscle. Like you have to, you have to stand up for your desire to be great. And most of us cower, right? So you want to lose weight and, and, and you're committed Monday through Thursday, but Friday night, now all of a sudden it's cocktail hour, it's happy hour, and you go out, and the first sign of, of any challenge from your friends, and there will be challenge from your social environment because they want to be great, but have not chosen to do it yet, so they don't want you to be great yet. So, oh yeah, Deborah, oh, oh I forgot, Deborah's on a diet, we can't, you know, she can't eat this. And so they do all these jabs at you. And so since day one, I, you know, people in my life, no, I don't play that. I don't whatever. I go to my son's game. I'm wearing a tank top. Oh, the coach Bobby's showing off. It's 90 degrees. It ain't my fault. You don't want to wear a tank top. And so, you know, I, so that, that muscle, you know, I carry books around. You want to be, oh, you look at you carrying books. Okay. I want, I want to be a CFO. And, and that's hard at first, but number one, people around you begin to understand that you ain't playing. Yeah. That it's serious to you. And either they adjust to it and accept it or they become less of a, of a friend and they move out from the inner circle to the next level. You still love them, but they ain't here no more because they don't believe in you. And they're, and they're going to chip away at your belief system. Right. And, and before you know it, now they stop doing that. And some of them come with you. I got guys from, from college that I went to college with. We do an annual mancation a week away from our wives and our kids uh, during March Madness, and I bring dumbbells and bands. I, I've been doing it for 13 years, and the first two or three or four, they tease me. And now they're like, "Okay, well, are we gonna work out today, Bobby?" <laughs> now they know I don't play, so yeah. they love they 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 love me even though it was uncomfortable for them in the beginning because they had stopped really being fit for the most part. But then they accepted it, then they admired it. Now they join in it. So to answer your question is the one part you have to kind of figure out ways to control the obligations mm -hmm. and take care of you first, right? And when you don't, be, at, be honest with yourself how you allowed it to do that. Because more, again, more times than not, you allowed that, that obligation to supersede what you wanted. And then you have to begin that muscle development of resistance against your friends and family because it's going to always be there, 
Right, Thanksgiving. It's coming up. Right now, it's coming up. Thanksgiving, yeah, Christmas. Is Thanksgiving today. <laughs> huh? Oh, really? Yeah. Is it really? Oh, so yeah. So last, last, dude, last, last summer, no, last summer, last, last holidays. You know, I, you know, I tell my my uh, my boot campers, it's not the Thanksgiving meal, it's not Christmas meal that gets you. It's it's the meal before or after. So you might have Thanksgiving. Like here's here's Thursday. The Thanksgiving meal is bad. I get it. But usually it's the next day. Come over for breakfast. Let's go Christmas tree shopping. And so I, I never do the next meal. I'll go to your house. I'll hang out. My kids and wife will come with me. But I'm not eating. I got to work out and fast for at least a few hours because last night was my meal. And for the first time I did it, it was uncomfortable. Everybody's eating. Why ain't Bobby eating? Well, this is why I'm not eating. Because I don't want to be fat. Mm-hmm. You know, I love you. And this is how the body works. This is why I'm doing it. And each year after that, it becomes easier. But, but that's, that's just how it is. That's all kinds of situations. But it requires you at some point to stand up and begin to build that muscle. Yes. Whatever it is, in the environment. And, and we all, I know one of the greatest excuses is that we don't have time. And I uh, often when I have to drop off my kids for hockey or some type of sport it's always an hour in advance that they need to be there right to get right. with the team and you know get in the groove with each other and get to know each other and all that so i if there's a gym nearby i'm usually gone to the gym and then i'll come back at game time exactly and uh or i'll have my book with me in the doctor exactly room. exactly thank you it's of time and people do not take their time as a commodity they do not wasted way too much, and then they're like, "Well, I don't have the time that you do." I'm like, "Yeah, right." I get right of things done. You know, I gave myself, and it's creating that pressure because one of my coaching clients said, and said this to me, and I do it without even realizing. Like you said, we create that pressure for ourselves. So I sign myself up for a half marathon, or I sign myself up for a marathon, and then I throw mm-hmm. in a 10K and a 10K race in between. That I'm creating this pressure, and they they think I'm just setting the next challenge, and maybe I am. But right. What I'm doing is looking at my end goal of where I'm going. Right. And right. That's the pressure that you need to create to keep yourself focused on the greatness you're stepping into. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And I actually go one step further. I'll and I'll share with you and your listeners. Uh, so I I give people a spreadsheet, and I say. Uh, and I give them like like five categories. It's, it's a drop down, and and it's 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 uh, it's it's fitness, it's sleep, it's work, which includes commuting, and once you account for those, it's like most of the week is still left, mm-hmm. and then and then it's a matter of productive versus unproductive, right? I'm not anti anything. I'm just reality based. So of those out of, out of 168 hours, now you have some sleep, some of the of the 40 hours left or whatever it is, you go through that checklist and tell me how much of that was productive, neutral, which is rare. I mean, what is neutral or unproductive, right? It, it, and and it's, it, it's very simple. It either brought you closer to what you want to do or it didn't. And if most of your week is filled with unproductive steps, unproductive blocks of time how can you achieve your goal you can't it's impossible and then you realize there's a lot of time in the week that i said i didn't have 
that I spend scrolling or gossiping or sitting, you know, and I do it too. But until you are honest about it, right? I watch football for five hours a week. And I say I have no time. Until you're honest about it with yourself, you can't change it. But you, but like you said, we have time. We all have time. to, to and, and over a week, over a month, over a year, if you add up all the hours we wasted at our son's practice, instead of, you know, having a book or getting some push-ups or a walk and going to the local gym, all those hours could have been spent getting better. Yeah. Right? I mean, a season here is three, it's three months. Yeah. Huh? Instead of sitting around and talking, take the person with you and say, let's go for a walk. Yeah. Yeah. A season here, like a football season for a kid or a baseball season is at least three months. You figure two practices a week, that's 12 a month times. That's 36 hours of working out that you chose not to do. And then told everybody else you didn't have time. You I know? Think you just blew everybody away with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'll send that to you and you want to share it with people, you can. That's but it's a spreadsheet. Awesome. You can go through and you can just do it for yourself. Put it on your board put it on your wall and every week try to see less red. So red is the, is the color for, for unproductive time. And the, the, hopefully over time you see less red in this, in this spreadsheet. <laughs> exactly. So why do you think physical strength and activity are so important? Uh, it's, it's the foundation of who you are, right? So I have all these stories and anecdotes. And so I compare physical like you're and it's not it's not just about you know having a six-pack or nice legs or nice glutes it's about knowing who you are knowing the animal you are and knowing that you got up this morning or this week a few times and you acted in a way that your body was meant to act in mm-hmm. right and so i use it i use the analogy that none of us or a few of us really want to look good just for looking good sake. I mean, most of us have a spouse who's going to love us probably either way. Our kids love us either way. We're not bodybuilders. Most of us, we're not fitness competitors. We're not athletes anymore, coach Bobby. So we're not doing this thing for any of that. I have no reason to have biceps anymore. No real reason. Right. And so what I say is, is, your physicality, your physical health, and, and people say it's for health, it ain't. It's not, most people, because unless they're sick, like sick, sick, that's not reason enough for you to get up every day for the rest of your life to work out. Mm-hmm. It's not enough drive for most people. Unless you've been sick or, you're, or, or you are sick or somebody close to you has been sick, the driver is not strong enough. So for most of us, it's aesthetics. Like you feel like you're overweight, you know, your clothes don't fit, whatever it is. So most of it is how you look and feel about how you look. So, but there's no real end goal to why we're doing it. There's no, you know, modeling contract. There's no acting career. So it's kind of like ketchup or like Tabasco sauce from the South or like uh, Hispanics, like Tapatia, I believe it's called. So no one, you know, downs ketchup. Nobody normal does, at least. Maybe some people, college kids. But most people will not just down ketchup. But it makes whatever you're eating taste better. Mm -hmm. That's why you do it. And so the first thing you see when you wake up, the first thing you think about and are reminded of is how you look and feel about how you look. You get in the shower with yourself. You pass by the mirror with yourself. And so 
unless you've gotten really talented at blocking that part of you, which most people can only do for so long, the first thing you see is that. And it's hard. It's nearly impossible to be a good CEO, to be a good mom, to be a good coach, to be a good whatever you do in your life. It's hard to be good at that if you don't like you. Right? So to me, it's everything because that reminds the world, number one, that you are here to fight. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what my ancestors did. I'm going to do what all animals have to do. I'm going to get up and move this physical thing that I am. Mm-hmm. Right? That, and, and your brain, when you, if you do that to it, your brain reminds you that that's what you should be doing. If the endorphins you get ain't by accident. That's your brain reminding you that that's what you should be doing as a human being. Right? So when you do that, now everything's set in place. Now, now you can make your kids lunch with some happiness. Now you walk into the office with some confidence. Now you go into that boardroom or that interview or that date with some confidence. Because at the beginning of the day, even if you didn't like what you looked like, you knew you were doing something about it. So to me, that's why I say in the very beginning of our, of our podcast, the separation of those two, what the process is and what it's meant to get you are two different things. Like the process of getting up and, and taking care of your body itself gives you benefit mm-hmm. itself gives you a gift that you can use everywhere in your life you walk differently i would say to my kids when i train them i said when you train the right way you walk on the field differently and you can't fake it you know what you've done it's like it's like a test you have a test coming up you know if you study for it so if you study for it give me the test i'm ready if you didn't study for it you like hiding and ducking from a teacher so it sets in motion all the things that were meant to be when you make physicality and exercise and using your body physically a permanent part of who you are, separate from what you can get from it. That's why, to me, it's, it's, it's the foundation of, I won't say life, that's too dramatic, but it's a foundation of greatness in a lot of ways. I believe that to my core. Process. Huh? Truly about loving the process. It, it is. It is. Even on the it's about... It's about embracing it. It's about embracing it and loving it unconditionally. It's like you you loving it and you commit to it. You marry it. Um, and it's, you know, it's a, I get it. It's hard. I get, I get it. But nothing worth having is really easy. You know, everything we want in life that, that, that's worth having comes with challenge. That's why you want it because not everybody can have it. Right. And so you can't say, I want that thing that not everybody can have and not be willing to do what everybody else can't do. And that's part of why you want it so bad, because you know that most people won't do what's necessary to get it. I have a saying that I say, I'm not proud of how I look. I'm proud of what it took. Right. And that's not and that's that's as far as physicality, but that's with everything. Like when you when you make to the top of the mountain, it only feels good if you climbed it. I could fly you up there and put you in a helicopter, but when you get up there, it's the same exact view as if you climbed it. But it feels a lot differently if you climbed it. Yeah, you earned. So I, I, you earned it, right? And so when you when you go out there and you're on stage, right, and you earned it, that feels differently than if somebody said, "Well, you know, I'm going to endorse you. You go, and you, you're here because of me." No. Yeah. So because so because of that, you want it to be hard, and if you know that when you're in the moment, you can embrace it more. Like when I work out, Deborah, when I'm working out, 
and I know it's hard and I want to quit, I'm like, okay, very few 47-year-olds don't do this, right? They don't do this, which is why you're different. Right, when I do when I do talks when I, when, on this podcast, very few guys who stuttered won't do this. Right? Is it scary? Yeah, but you 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 almost like it being scary because you know that most people turn away here. This is where most people turn away. Hmm. Is that and that makes you feel mistakes that you see people make when they're chasing their dreams is because they, they get scared. They're scared, and they don't they don't understand. See, they don't understand. Like Bo tells us, it should be scary, mm-hmm. right? They don't understand that it should be scary, number one, and they don't understand that that's why it's beautiful because it is scary. Like you want it to be scared because if it's if it's not scary, then all these other fools can get it. Like you want to be the, the the best, you know, the, the the best mentor for the millionaire mind, the millionaire woman, the the, the mindset. You want to be the best at that. So if it didn't scare you, many women could do it. Yeah. If it weren't scary. But because it scares you and you're willing to get on that ride still, you know you have a chance at greatness. That's what that that in some ways that's what reminds you that it's great. Yeah. That it's scary. And that most people turn away. And they all do. And so what happens is they they have they have unrealistic expectations of what they're gonna feel like. Because the beginning is always fun. When you first decide to go back to school, it's fun. When you first get those running shoes, it's fun. When I first flew down to San Diego for the personal story power, it was fun, right? It's, it's like dating, right? But once you realize that it's, it's a long ways away, number one, and number two, it gets scarier and scarier, almost the better you get at it. And the further you go, it doesn't get easier. It gets almost scarier, mm-hmm. right? And so most people are like, man, I don't want that. I don't, I don't, I don't really want to marry it. I just like to date it. It's the same. I love that analogy because it, it, it makes sense. It, it makes sense, right? Because they know it was fun dating, but now all of a sudden, you know, this guy, his feet stink. You know, she, I, I see it with her makeup off. But if you go into it knowing that, there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be times that I want to go work out. There's going to be times that I want to do a podcast. But that's what the great ones do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I know it's coming. I'm not going to like it. But I have this schedule in place and these and these these uh, controller goals that can push me through. Like for me, I do I do three or four lives a week, regardless of how I feel, right? And so I know going into it, it's going to be a week or two or three or four or five that I do not want to speak. Yeah. But I'm going to do it, and I and I committed to doing it today. Not when it comes too late then, because you you won't feel like it. People get caught up in feelings. I'll do it if it feels good. You do it because you're a professional, right? And they, and they do it. They do that same mindset in all kinds of areas of their life. They do it at work. Like, you go to work every day, you don't want to go to work. And that's 40 hours a week. I'm asking you to do five hours of workouts a week. That's way less, right? So, you, so we have the ability to, to do stuff we don't want to do when there's a need attached to it, mm-hmm. a real need. So you have to create a need. That's equivalent to feeding your kids, I guess. That's the need to go to work every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to create a similar need to, to, to be independent, to be a good mom, to be 30 pounds lighter, whatever it is. You have to create this need so that when it comes to the time when you get scared, you know you got to do it. Yeah. Like if you have to do it, it doesn't matter how scared you are. You have to do it. 
You have to do it. That's such an incredible message, Coach Bobby. I want you to share with our audience how they can stay in touch with you and learn more about you. Perfect. So I'm on all the social media platforms, uh, Facebook at Coach Bobby, YouTube at Coach Bobby. Actually, they're both at Coach Bobby Blueford. So like a blue Ford with no E. So Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Coach Bobby Blueford. And yeah, I do motivational talks. I'm doing right now. A lot of my content is is exercise based. I'm moving more toward motivational uh, messages. But yeah, I would love to have you guys follow me, comment, send me messages, send me questions, and I'm more than happy to help you guys uh, achieve the best version of you. And don't be afraid to ask. That's don't the be one thing. Please, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and 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 people want to help people. Like people who are great, they love sharing their greatness with people. So oftentimes, that's a great point. Oftentimes, people will see me, and they won't they won't want to ask me questions about fitness or whatever because they think that I'm unapproachable. I'm sure the same for you. No, people in those positions are are normal people, and they want to help other people achieve greatness. That's that's their joy. That's their gift. And I'm I'm no different. So please don't be afraid to reach out to me. And the same goes for me. Thank you so much for joining us on the Millionaire Woman Show. And for all of our listeners or you're viewing us on YouTube, thank you for joining us. We'd love for you to go over to my website at www.debrakazowski.com where we have a brand new download of a three-part mini course. It's video-based and it's all about making your habits stick. So go over, put in your email, and you'll get our Success Secrets newsletter as well. We'd also love for you to go over to iTunes. And if you're listening to this randomly, subscribe. Share it with your friends so other people can be exposed to fabulous individuals like Coach Bobby. Send me an email or connect with us on social media. Let us know what you loved about this episode because it does make a difference when you share what you loved about it. It continues to create that momentum for us as well. As Muhammad Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. And from Coach Bobby and myself, go out and have a great day.